Am I going to say it or are you going to say it? I don't know. Okay, well. Half the time I don't know. Good, just go. Go ahead. I think the wear your duster promotion was a bad idea. Why? Because everyone's just wearing a giant trench coat. They could literally take any of the movies. That's a dollar out of my pocket. That's a dollar out of your pocket. Ain't nobody fucking taking shit out of the store without my say-so anymore. You see this? You see this? Yeah. I, you're holding up one of the guns. Yeah. I'm holding up one of these guns on every motherfucker that comes in this store. All right, dude. Oh, I'm wow. so goddamn fucking tired of getting splashed and blown fucking... One second, sir. You're tired of getting blown? I tell blown? you, every... Yeah, I'm tired of getting blown by Sandy... I'm tired of Sandy blowjobs. Is that I'm tired of getting water. I, did I tell you to shut the fuck up or what? Come on, guy. I'm on do edge. You, do you do understand? You I can leave right now. What the fuck do you want? I was wondering if you guys had any sci-fi. Be more fucking specific than sci-fi. It's a just, giant fucking genre. Aliens to stuff. All right, Action. keep going. Is yeah. that what you're going to land on? Yeah. Guns, aliens. Guns, aliens. Okay, that's every fucking sci-fi movie. God damn it. What? Look, I like I like fish. I hey, mean, put your hands up. Guy, put your hands up. You're working bones up, man. The guy's a... Do I need to leave? Guy's a Scorpio. He's a loose hinge. I can leave right now. Cron, man, the register. I'm going to walk this motherfucker over to sci-fi. All right. All right? Come I on. I don't think that gun is necessary. It. All right. What do you got on you? Holy water? Some bullshit? You got a chainsaw? Not, What's your fucking deal? I got a wallet. You got a fucking a, picture in it? You got a wife? Well, my wife and kids, duh, who doesn't? Wait, you don't have a picture on your phone? You got to carry a fucking picture of your wife in your wallet? I don't even have the media. Sounds like a bullshit phone. fucking CIA cover story. Is that what we're doing this up? Hmm? I just, I can leave right now. Hey, the fucking movie. Bones, I was at the register and like four of the duster guys left without any movies, so. Okay. That's fine. Some people can come in and they can browse, all right? All right, well... This they, guy doesn't have a dust... They all had dusters on, though, and they just left. Where's your gun? Well, uh, Where's your you, gun? This is a video store. Why don't you... Shut the fuck up. Kron, why don't you go stand outside? We're going to do I'm one not, person at a time. Okay. I need, okay? I need to go. Call for backup, too. Call Dan in. Okay. Did you pick your fucking movie, you asshole? They just told me to talk to you guys and not take Army of the Dead. Who told you that? You're, you automatically get an Army of the Dead. Do you understand? I've already watched Every it. DVD case in here has an Army of the Dead in with it, okay? That must be your guys' promotion. I can leave. I think you should. I mean, okay. is there any... I was just looking for sci-fi. Me and my boy like to watch sci-fi. I need you to do me a favor. What's that? I need you to lay down so I can tape your body. Oh. Like the form of your body right here. This is like the second time this week. <laughs> okay. All right. Is there any new releases? Oh, yeah. Oh, sci-fi, right? Yeah. Hey, hold on a second. I, I got tired. I realized I put my gun down. Hold on. Hey, Bones, I found my gun. I have, I'll point it at this guy, too. Okay, cool. <laughs> this All right. is a weird place. You know what? You now buying into the gun thing, it reminds me, and you want some sci-fi shit. I got the right 
the thing for you. It's from 1992. This week's episode of Five Day Rentals. Split second. Five Day Rentals, the video store podcast. Each week we take turns picking a flick that we think meets a fun non-genre category. This round's category is mental illness, and this week's pick is from 1992, Split Second, with Rutger Hauer. Um, I'm joined every week by my buddies, Dan and Cron. Guys, how are you? Hey, what's up? I'm doing great, thank you. Cool. I forgot to tell uh, my name. Your bones. Oh, there you go. Thank you. Wanted a little bit of humility. I didn't want to um, forget and then come back and pigeonhole my name in. Anyway, you should do a. What ob- do you guys think? Uh, obvious you- voiceover <laughs> to put mm-hmm. your name in. Bones. <laughs> bones. Uh, yeah. What about those? What about that two sentence uh, intro? It's actually three sentences. We're working it out. We're we're doing the branding here. Five day rentals. It's good. I loved it. Okay, good. I think it works on all angles. Okay. So we are in the middle of our mental illness category. Last week we did Raising Cain. Um, Some might call a classic. Oh, yeah. Uh, If you you do, you're right. (laughs) Uh, This week, boy, am I excited. Boy, boy, have I been itching since Sunday. We're covering uh, Rutger Hauer, a 1992 flop, uh, thanks to the L.A. riots. I did read that. Um, uh, Dan, before we progress any further into mental illness, um, do you got some dead-ass info we want to drop? Yeah, just uh, wanted to give out the National Suicide Prevention Hotline since we are doing mental issues. Uh, if any of the listeners or anybody who hears this needs some help, reach out and get some help. Uh, that number is 1-800-273-8255. So uh, get on that if you need it. If not, take it how it is. Thank you, Dan. Um Cron, you picked this category, or rather, it was from your bank. That's right. Of cat, of bank of categories, you let us off with Raising Cain, one of your favorite movies. Mm-hmm. One, one might say, and one could say, you built the category around Raising Cain. He did. Which oh, I definitely did. We we love. Um, you were pretty open about the mental illness thing. Just any any aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of wanted to. Pick something that was PTSD, anxiety, sort of related. Um, man, I feel like we fucking found a a winner here with Detective Harley Stone. Um, but we're talking Mad Max meets fucking Mel Gibson and Lethal Weapon, right? Like, yeah, if you dash in a bit of uh, stigmata, I don't know. <laughs> Yeah. Or Gary Busey. Gary Busey's pretty good. Yeah. So if Mr. Joshua and Riggs 
you know, went into a uh, global warming future, maybe you'd get Detective Harley Stone. Uh, do you guys think this pick or like fits the category where you like, fuck you, this doesn't count or no, I thought it worked. I mean, okay. There, he has a troubled past. There are times when he seems to be kind of buckling under the pressure. So no, I thought it worked. And that's not, we're not even talking about the villain of this thing, which some might say is a psychopath or a psychotic with psychopathic tendencies. Still uh, so, unknown to science. Yes, so confusing that Bones had to look up what the difference was several times while watching it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's actually in my notes as we go through it. Um, without giving your scores away or anything, do you have any f- sort of first thoughts before we dive into this sucker? I enjoyed that uh, his addiction to coffee and chocolate. I thought that was pretty good like how they kept that all the way through uh like how weird this movie gets by the end of it Mm -hmm. (laughs) i did not i didn't know anything about this movie and it did not go where i thought it was going so i for me it just snows it's just snowballs Mm-hmm. Like you said, it just it sort of builds on itself. Yeah, I think it knows what to like get rid of early on, and what to lean into hardcore in the last little bit. So I had fun, and I'm excited to talk about it. Right on. Cool. I'm excited to listen. <laughs> no, you're going to be engaged, and you're going to participate. Yeah, I'm. Turning. This isn't some lame-ass fucking PowerPoint presentation. I thought I was just going to listen to Put your to phone away. Tonight. Put your phone away. I'm putting watching my, television. Putting my mic on mute now. <laughs> Fuck. I'm turning around in my chair. You guys don't have, like, anime avatars that you're going to... Put up? Turn on and... That sounds like a lot of work. <laughs> yeah. I know. You could just interact with me. <laughs> Uh, Interstar Productions. All right, we'll give you 20 minutes. You guys ever heard of that? No, but it was a cool I, logo, dude. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty you ever heard? You ever heard of Challenge Studios? Nope, but it was a cool nope. name. It's a cool name, yep. We got a Interstar Productions, a challenge film. We are in London in 2008. Mm-hmm. After 40 days and nights of torrential rain, the city is largely submerged below water result of the devastating effects of continued global warming. The warnings ignored for decades have now resulted in undreamed-of levels of of pollution where day has become almost endless night. As the sun was in that scene. They said almost, Uh, Dan. Almost, yeah. That's as as far as the sun comes up. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, I was going to say that I, I think this movie made me think about global warming in a new way because I was like, it's really not going to be the big catastrophes that are our problem. It's going to be constantly slogging through ankle-high water for the rest of my life. It's just fucking terrible. That's going to get real annoying real quick. Mm -hmm. Like, God forbid you trip, (laughs) you know, because your partner ties your... Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or you drop your keys, or your partner drops your keys. At least we could just piss in the streets. 
I guess we mm-hmm. already do that. That's another con, Dan. <laughs> now you're just standing in piss water. I mean, did, did you hear that they totally blamed it on America? Like, later on in this film? I, I mean, this is 92. I mean, we know, right, there's uncovered reports that, like, in the late 60s and the 70s, oil companies were like, yeah, we're basically causing, like, the temperature to rise, so we should probably do whatever we can to cover this up. But I've, it's I've, crazy how often you go back into 80s and the 90s, like, they're talking about it, and we, we've done... We have done nothing. Global warming was everybody was on board in like the late eighties and then it turned into well, Reagan, he he shut all that down. So that's where that came from. I think BP and Europe has polluted more than America. You heard it here. <laughs> and I'd eat my neighbors if I could. Well, well, dude, Europe's been around longer, so yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like we, like we'll catch them. Like we, make no make make no mistake, Europe, we're going to pollute more than you. <laughs> yeah. Okay, we're coming after your asses. Maybe the like real negative effects will kick in before we reach that point, though, and we can always point the finger at Europe and say, "Mm-hmm." Now, yeah, Trump said it was beautiful, clean coal. No, it's beautiful, dirty ass coal. <laughs> It's going to do twice the damage it does. Twice the damage. Kron, why are you burning those uh, plastic water bottles in your office? Oh, man. It's yeah. just for fun over here, you know? Well, I know, but we're all supposed to be burning tires. Yeah. Like, if you look behind me and Dan, we've got these tires we're burning. We got... Well, we're going to do our part. We're going to catch you fucking Europe. I just got a mountain of plastic bottles, though, that are all in front of my tires, so... Oh, Okay. That's an impressive amount of, of bottles then. Yeah, Shit. the the fire will spill over eventually onto the tires, and I'll be right there with you guys. He doesn't even drink the water. He just pours it out. Mm-hmm. It's looking well, real nothing but if, trouble here. If my water don't have no sugar in it, I don't want it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got a hovercraft blasting across the River Thames. So you immediately think, oh, this movie's going to be full of hovercrafts, right? Because it's flooded. Yeah, we get we get a little a little of a craft. Um, we get an awesome '90s Chrome title split second, reminding me of like uh, Blades of Steel. Remember that Nintendo hockey game? Yeah, no way. Split? No, okay. I remember it. I'll send it to you. And I just I had a question. Yeah. Why the fuck is this called Split Second? No fucking idea. Okay. Couldn't find yeah, it there's, anywhere. There's no good answer for that question. Mm-mm. Did, right. uh, I was going to ask this later. This was going to be like our little lightning round game that I've been trying to pigeonhole all of my episodes of like, what would you call this? Like, I mean, you named your character Stone. So there's something there, right? Heart of Heart of Stone. I was thinking more like Floody Detective. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. Yeah, Floody Detective works. Mm-hmm. 
Do you have time to answer some questions? What? Open up. Please, please, please let me live, okay? I can't hear you. I'm walking and it's splashing. Where were you last night? Where were you? Have you seen the plunger? Uh, uh the credits. Cron, you're immediately hooked here, right? Because we got Michael J. Pollard as the rat catcher. I mean, I I, I was hooked when a challenge picture popped up, so <laughs> yeah, it got better and better. Mm-hmm. Um we got these big ass clunky future boots walking down a dark hallway. We got Rutger Hauer. Detective Stone, he puts on his tiny little sunglasses and grabs a rifle. He hops in a Jeep. We get a first taste of the flooded streets of of London. Uh, Are we just going to skip over his majestic duster as well? (laughs) I thought that was just... My bad. Everybody figured that this guy was wearing a goddamn duster. This guy must have taken full advantage of laundry day's cleaning service because... Duster's looking sharp. It, he is in the duster so much that later on when he's not in the duster, it's so jarring. <laughs> and I have this in my notes. So, yeah, thanks for... I Legit, I can't believe I didn't... I didn't finish the movie. I, I turned it off after that. I was like, nope. When he took his duster off? Hashtag not my stone. Mm-hmm. Is it almost made up for by the fact that his partner gets a leather jacket towards the end? Like the evolution of his partner is yeah, very sure. interesting. <laughs> it it is one of the most fun things we will talk about on this podcast. I think. Um, all right. Uh, on the on the police band, we got the police commander. He's putting out a warning about Detective Stone. Turns out he's been suspended. Um, we get a bunch of shots, uh, we're deep in London downtown. Um, obviously these are like quick location shoots, probably not with a permit cause they're all the shots are in vehicles and these streets aren't flooded. Or are they saying that, you know, the rich people, their streets would be nice and clean yeah, was, and free of got water that too. Yeah. 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 It's probably like a primo real estate pricing, you know? Mm-hmm. You're paying through the teeth for not having to slog through water all day and night. Police commander, he gets a hold of Detective Dick Durbin. Durbin? Durkin. He is, uh, he's tracking Stone. During this little run, we find that uh, future cars have TVs in their consoles. So Stone's pounding some coffee and watching the news. Uh, he also is eating his first of many little, like, chocolate donuts. Chocolate, I think they're called rah-rahs or something. Is that what it is? Yeah, I, th- I was confused He's, by what a rah-rah was, but... I just kept thinking of the classic Belushi SNL bit, little chocolate donuts. Do you remember that one? Where he's like the Olympith- uh, Olympic athlete, and he's smoking, yeah. and he's like, I'm fueled by little chocolate donuts. Anyway... Stone, he pulls into this uh, alley just outside a nightclub. Uh, did you guys also notice that there's never any other vehicles but Stones whenever they're on a street? Like, 
I get you... that you're I get you're filming on a lot, but just add two other cars there. Mm-hmm. Even say, fr- did you notice that there was only one flooded street? Yeah. <laughs> the alley of this nightclub and then the street he lives on, basically. Well, Dan, did you like his because uh, he's kind of got the chain link fence thing on the front of his little police car there. Yeah, that little cage. Yeah. It's like built around uh, it. Yeah. Because that's going to stop the water. Well, you would you would just said when we did Masterminds, you had never seen something like that before. and uh, Masterminds is like more netting. or It's the same principle, dude. <laughs> yeah, I got to go, go with Kron here. Um, Stone, he hops out. He's heading into this nightclub. I think it's, what's it say? All day strip teases. Mm-hmm. Um, Cash and guts. Mm-hmm. Uh, we get a future. We get shots inside. We get this future semi BDSM club. Um, I, I, no spoilers here, guys. This is probably the bottom of the list for clubs. For I'm me, I was gonna say we could totally get into this club. We yeah. could get into this club because it's what fifty quid and a two drink minimum. Yeah. Um, they'll let anyone. In. <laughs> mm-hmm. If you're taking a cover charge and you can't repair your bathrooms, I don't want to support your business. <laughs> I got to have two drinks just to be in here, to stay mm-hmm. in here. So, yeah. I mean, this club does make Sebulba look like the lap of luxury. So, mm-hmm. Sebulba, I bet, like, will look dingy to be hip and cool, but at least it'll be like disinfected. Yeah. You know, you know how you get like goth people with all the shit and you like see their house and it's like fucking spotless, you know, because they know how to keep themselves infection free with all their piercings and shit. Mm-hmm. So they respect the germs. They at least know how to sterilize metal. This is true. <laughs> Hence why you should have a stainless steel everything in a bathroom, right? Yeah. Mm hmm. All right, uh, this Rottweiler jumps out and starts barking at Stone. We get our first little dialogue from Stone when he flashes a badge to the dog and says, police dickhead. Uh, the doorman reluctantly lets Stone in. Stone, he starts to go around the club. We get shots of the, you know, the the stripper in all her leather, Judas Priest get up. Um they really like her ass for some reason. I mean, it's just, it's locked in there. Um, waitress comes up. He asks for coffee. Uh, she gives him shit about a two drink minimum. So he says, well, get me two coffees with extra sugar. Uh, he goes over, finds a payphone. He makes a call for a Pat O'Donnell. He starts asking about this report. This blonde walks up. Uh, she asks Stone to watch the door while she goes pee because the other restroom has been fucking destroyed and the bathroom she's going into doesn't have a door on it. He says, yeah, no problem. She comes back and says, don't be a creep and peek, okay? Wink. And wink because, guys, in this situation, it would have paid to be a creeper. She wanted to watch. That's all I'm saying. She wanted to pee and that dude, she wanted him to watch. You think? Oh, yeah. Totally. She's into the pee peeper. I think so. Mm-hmm. Maybe she was okay. just gonna hang out and hope that he came in. Oh, she yeah. wanted him in there. 
She needs the she needs the superintendent from Slumber Party Massacre to come over and put in a pee hole. If yeah. a chick winks at you, like boom, come on, man, yeah, yeah, then watch her. It's pee. happening. Duh. Yeah, I don't know all about that. Stone, he finally gets Pat on the phone. Pat doesn't have the report. He's yelling, you know, aren't you suspended? I don't want to be talking to you anyway. Stone hangs up, says to himself, where the fuck is my coffee? I need my coffee. <laughs> this is where we get the first of the heartbeat and the score and kicks in. Stone says to himself, I know you're here. Uh, Stone starts having these visions, uh, these flashes. Um, he panics. He runs into the bathroom. Sure enough, this blonde... She's just fucking thrashed. Her chest is open. There's blood everywhere. Um, Stone covers her with her with his duster. So Look, looking like I mean a Cannibal Corpse album up in there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, then he notices "I'm back" written on the mirror. Um, and then later on, I gotta ask you, well, who the fuck wrote "I'm back"? Because those claws <laughs> ain't writing that, right? <laughs> This is obviously before the creature design was figured out, right? We don't see the dexterity of those hands really displayed. Yes, they're ghoulish, but maybe they're dialed in like a precision machine. I'm pretty sure later on those hands only do this. (laughs) I don't think they bend at all. It does seem like... Those hands have two chances to get the job done, and they don't. Mm -hmm. Maybe he did it with his toes. There you go. Or his knuckle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Stone immediately just then runs out into the club and starts pointing his fucking pistol at everybody. <laughs> just like like a coach in the middle of a basketball huddle. Just fucking, you know something. Um, Rottweiler comes up. He calls the Rottweiler a dickhead again. Uh, he freaks the fuck out. He runs out into an alley. He goes up some stairs. Busts out this door. He almost shoots like a vagrant, like homeless guy. Um, then Dick Durbin, or Durbin, I'm going to call him Durbin the whole time. Dick Durkin, he pops up out beside him, says he's police. Stone just pushes him back in and shuts the door. Uh, he notices some blood at the bottom, or like at the foot of where he's, he's standing. He kneels down. He touches it. I can hear you heartbeat. I'll find you, you fuck. Uh... We cut back. We got Dirk and Debrief and the commander. They are cruising down the Thames in a speedboat. Uh, for some reason, this gave me flashbacks to Skyfall. If you remember in Skyfall, when uh, not Money Penny, but the other dude is like cruising in the boat with Bond, and they got to go underground after Silva blows up MI6. You know what the fuck I'm talking about? Yeah, because he's that's where their new like hideout or yeah offices or whatever mm -hmm. yeah but that whole like it was almost like man this really reminds me of that so obviously mendez pulled from split second yeah i don't know i just Uh, laughed that he actually had the file on the boat with he just pulled it out (laughs) yeah seems like you sat down thinking about james bond movies though (laughs) when when you hit play yeah well, I'm kind of always thinking about James <laughs> Bond movies. Sure. I, I'm, dude, I'm itching. It's getting bad. We're getting closer. It's bad. All right. Uh, the commander, he starts telling Durkin that Stone's partner, Foster, was killed by a serial killer three years ago, and Stone was there when it happened. 
Stone then had an affair with Foster's widow, hit the booze, and went nuts. Durkin says, they say he's the best. He is. I followed him down an alleyway. Sounds like Stone. He shot a trash can. That's it. Yeah, shot a trash can. Sounds like Stone. <laughs> so we are 10 minutes into this. This has got to be, like, you're going, how much more nuts can this detective get, right? Is this also where he, like, is this the conversation where he lights his cigar and the flame is, like, I don't know, like a foot high? Uh, he lights a cigar in, like, every scene. Yeah, there's- well, there's one where he pulls up to the nightclub, which is fucking crazy. He also, there's later on when they're running upstairs and he stops and he tries to light it, and he can't get it to light, and it's like Rutger Howard just gave gave up and then runs runs away. I think the one the one I wrote down is when he's like first talking to the chief or whatever. It's okay. in his office. That's in his office. Okay. Okay. Up. So right after the, I followed him. I followed him down an alleyway. He shot a trash can. Sounds like Stone thing. We cut to Stone. He's freaking the fuck out. Um, in this cage. Why they showed this, I don't get. Um, the only thing I can think is that this is where the other murder happens. That's why he's freaking out. But then they immediately cut to Stone being out. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got to go up to see the commander. Uh, this is where he stops and gets uh, half a cup of sugar in some hot water. And I, I watch this. He it doesn't. It's not coffee he puts in it. It's just hot water. So. Yeah, but it comes out brown. I thought the brown was more of like a shadow when he's mixing it with the pen. I don't know. I don't know. Because he even hits, it's the, it, yeah, it does the come tag out. says hot water. But when he stirs, it's brown. Yeah. Got just got well, a brown, brown sugar. Just got a sweet tooth, I mean. Mm-hmm. Stone, get your ass in here, which you got to have in a movie like this, right? Um. He goes in. Chief starts giving him shit for having this fucking giant future pistol. Um, like, what the hell is this? Um, Stone retorts, he's back. The killer is back. He's ripping hearts out. Uh, Durkin comes in. He's this serial killer. Durkin starts asking, like, you know, obviously there's not a serial killer. There's nothing in the papers. Chief says, you know, we can't have this in the fucking papers. People would freak the fuck out. They do get the psych report, um, but it's on stone. The chief says that the this report on you says that you've got neurosis on the brink of being paranoid. Doctors don't know shit, is his line. Um, the chief asks him, uh, aside from this, how many guns are you carrying? Uh, we find out he's carrying like four guns total. Surprised you don't have a rocket launcher. Couldn't get a permit. If that doesn't sound paranoid, I don't know what does. He's pretty much described here as the ultimate Republican right here. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess that's what the duster's really for, is to conceal your small armory. Mm-hmm. I was just wondering if he had sand in it, but with all the water streets, I don't I don't know how yeah. that would work. It'd just be mud, dude. Yeah. I don't think you can get sand in this world. Mm-mm. Do you think this look inspired Neo? Like the duster and the glasses and the boots, like you know, I recently watched uh, Revelations. 
revolution and uh, reloaded. I don't know. And I was wondering, I was like, how come this fashion didn't catch on? Like, you know? Well, there was a whole school shooting thing, and that kind of put uh, <laughs> the kibosh. About, I got to put the kibosh on that look. Like the sunglasses and shit. Like, I think people, I don't were, know. people were wearing small sunglasses. Mm-hmm. If these dudes were walking around and you looked over, and you'd obviously be like, well, those guys are European. But really, they're mm-hmm. just not part of the Matrix. I think it's really just the kind of look that you hopefully realize only works in the movies when you see it. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. I'm like, in real life, everyone would be like, the fuck you wearing, dude? It kind of peaked with that because shortly after this was the height of fucking, I'm wearing gym shorts to school. You know, we're kind of, we're just now getting into where these kids are wearing norm core stuff again. Yeah, we really rebelled you know? against that whole trench coat thing. Yeah, and I I think the school shooting uh, didn't help. I think when the news reports were going, Marilyn Manson and Matrix, is this to blame for Columbine? And you saw those fucking kids in the security footage. Did they blame the Matrix? Yeah. Yeah, it was like the Matrix and Basketball Diaries. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. I think in Basketball Diaries, doesn't he? He's in a duster at the time, right? I think so. He's in like a long trench coat. You're mm-hmm. telling me that Leonardo DiCaprio is wearing a duster in Basketball Diaries. In my vision of it, yeah. From the one scene I saw 15 years ago, that sounds right. I mm-hmm. might have to watch this film. It opened. Yeah, we got a, we got a cat running around here. Um, Stone finds out that Durkin's been following him. Uh, Stone is officially off suspension. He just has to work with Durkin. Um, like we talked about, he's a serial killer expert. He goes on and on about psychopaths, psychotics, all of this. Um, there's nothing Durkin doesn't know as we progress through this movie. Um, Stone starts talking shit back to the chief. He just starts stealing fucking cigars right from the guy's desk right as he's telling him to get the fuck out handfuls of them yeah like he it, he can't have dust in his pockets because he <laughs> saves room for fucking chief cigars uh they step outside we cut to stone asking durkin if he's got a pen so he can stir up another cough of uh like fucking sugar juice um this is where somebody says hey stone there's a package for you he freaks out. Who who gave this? Who dropped us off? Blah blah blah. Uh, it's cold. Uh, cold enough it, to be full of beers. Yeah, that's right. Do you have beers delivered here? Yeah. Uh, I forget that. That's Paulson or something. That's giving him a hard time. We'll talk about him more later. He's like one uh, of the three British people in this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, he gives him shit. You know, cold enough for some beers. You're right. Uh, they end up opening. It is a human heart with a bite mark in it. They start freaking the fuck out. The chief, he orders a mold from the teeth prints immediately. Stone and Durkin, they take off. Uh, I think this is where, or just before this, Stone asked Durkin if he had a car. And Durkin says, yeah. And he says, all right, yeah, you're driving separate. Like he doesn't want to drive with Durkin at all. 
they head to the nightclub. Stone goes in. He uh, he tells Durkin to stay. Durkin tries to open the door. He like fucking kicks it, knocks him in. Stone goes in and just lays in the tape mark in the bathroom. Uh, what was that caught. doing? <laughs> I don't, I don't. It was a real I, uh, William Defoe from uh, Boondock Saints. Boondock Saints moment. Yeah. yeah. Well, I really thought when I watched like this, a Will Will Graham from Manhunter sort of thing you know well i thought it was gonna be like he was gonna say something like what could you see from here or there would be like some purpose to it but there really mm-hmm. isn't well maybe there was just so much blood splatter everywhere else that was the only place you know like her blood like her body blocked the blood from getting on that spot of the floor well, we we do get a look at his apartment later in the movie, and this crime scene might be a cleaner environment. This is true. There's ventilation in this bathroom, at <laughs> least. Uh, he's interrupted by the uh, the club owner and the Rottweiler again. Um, he he starts sweating the dog. You know something, don't you? Uh, but for some reason, the dog still doesn't say anything. Um, so Stone gives. Uh, Dirk and shit when he finds him like cleaning Stone's headlights and Durkin says like 80% of all accidents are caused by poor visibility this pisses Stone off he like puts is it gum or like chocolate it looks like chocolate gum or I don't know yeah he puts that on the headlight and like get in right as a uh, homicide call comes in over the radio so they take off uh, they get to the outside of the building uh, Stone parks and Durkin just fucking slams right into the back of him. I I don't know if this is on purpose or not. It sort of feels like something that happened and then they write it in. I thought it was a because, goof when I saw like he just hit him it, on it, accident. If yeah, it feels like a goof. Um, Stone hops out and gives him kind of a dirty look. They run up the stairs. They're told it's on the fourth floor. This is where Stone stops like midway. And tries to light a cigar, and Rutger Hauer can't get it to light, so he just gives up. That's what a lot of these scenes are. It's like it feels like Rutger Hauer just gives up, like well, starts strong and peters out. It seems like with the director including the car crash bit, and then this, it's like if something failed, he was just like, "We'll use that. We'll use that." <laughs> yeah. Well, I so I did some reading, and there is a scene later on, which apparently. One guy loses it, but Rutger Hauer holds it in, together enough that they're like, yeah, we'll use that one. <laughs> so it's like, I guess they didn't do another take. As long as Rutger Hauer, I guess, doesn't sit down, they used it. Um, I mean, film is expensive, so. <laughs> <laughs> and they, I'm pretty sure they were trying to save whatever money they could on this thing, so. They finally get to the apartment. They ask what they've got. They're told what's left of a 28-year-old man. Stone immediately knows that the death was around 6.30. Durkin wants to know how he knows that. Uh, Stone sees a giant rat that just fucking pops up on the counter behind Durkin. He pulls out his pistol and shoots the shit out of it. So police chief wanted teeth mark imprints from the heart. These mm-hmm. motherfuckers go up into this murder scene and just 
they're shooting rats. They're just fucking opening window, walking all over the fucking place. I'm like, where's CIS here? Mm-hmm. Well, uh, we'll get to it later. Stone just throws evidence away. <laughs> yeah. Straight up later on. <laughs> Um, they had enough hearts by the. <laughs> they didn't need another one. Um, okay, so this is where uh, you you talked about like how awful it would be if it was only six inches of water, mm-hmm. you know, that flooded because nothing would change other than you'd be slogging around in water. But it is an interesting thing to think about, like the rat problem that you would have and that they allude to throughout the movie that like obviously rats wouldn't have you know an underground to dig in so they'd be coming out mm-hmm. um i think it's sort of a cool element of the movie i wish there was a little bit more to it like they try to build it up in the background but um i don't know i i if there was like one other thing that would that you kind of build into with like the flooding, I, I you could tell they kind of write in the whole. Um, well, let's just shoot everything at night and shoot everything on a set, and we'll try to write a way of getting around it not ever being day or looking like day, and you never know what time it is. Like people fall asleep and wake up, and it feels like ten o'clock at night. Um. I don't know. I think it's one of those, like, uh, I think the constraints of this movie help it a little bit. Like, just having a, you know, a little bit of water that everyone constantly has to go through or, you know, shooting everything at nighttime. It is, Mm -hmm. it does paint kind of a picture of, you know, some, maybe not post-apocalyptic, but, you know, just a world that is slightly different than this one. I feel that this could have helped the villain as well, I think. Yeah, I think they hint at it a little a bit. Certain and, way with it. Mm-hmm. And I'll ask your guys' take on that later, but I, I certainly think you could have incorporated that certainly more into the look of the thing later. Mm-hmm. Um, let me say the look of the the overall look of the movie, I fucking love. I really do miss this look. The only the thing I could think of that reminded me the most was Alien Three, which mm-hmm. I think would have been right around this time, right? Like it was ninety three, Alien Fin- Three, something like that. Fincher was doing it. Hmm. Which, yeah. That makes sense because Finch, I mean, Fincher is sort of responsible, not necessarily for Alien, but like a lot of his early commercial directing created that look, right? Okay. Same year. Mm-hmm. What a year for film. Raising Cane, Split Second, Alien, Alien 3. 3. Which is a movie I, I appreciate more and more every time I watch it. I haven't seen that in a long time. Yeah, Man. It's been a long time. Oh, uh, it. It's such a bummer, like that it could it had all that bullshit with it. I always get jazzed on one, and then I watch two, and I'm like, nah, I don't know if I want to keep going or not. <laughs> I get that. Two's not bad. It just 
doesn't feel like alien to me anymore. Yeah, I'm mm-hmm. not a big two guy either. Yeah. People are like, you're crazy. It's it's the best one. I'm like, eh. It's okay. It's two's pretty two's pretty good. It's fun. It just doesn't feel like alien anymore. Yeah. <laughs> James Cameron ruins everything. There was something else. I was trying to think. Yeah, I thought I almost had it. It's like, oh, it reminds me of it. Maybe I'll think of it later. Oh, seven. Like there were parts of this that felt seven-ish. I, I came like, across. Well, I, like, I came across some information about that. I, I don't. Oh, know. I don't know yeah, that's that. right. That's right. That it influenced this or something. I yeah, I was yeah. Like, Influence uh, seven. That's right. That's bullshit. Maybe that's that. why it was in my head. All right. So uh, he blows the shit out of that little rat. Um. And Stone finds a rusty old pistol. Um, turns out it was his partner's. So he says something about, you know, he left it for me. Well, um, I thought that part was funny because he just picks it up and he's like, this is a message from me. And it's yeah, like in the very next beat, he goes into the backstory of his partner a little like this was his gun. But at the mm-hmm. time, I was just like, oh, this dude's a little obsessed with himself to just kind of yeah. <laughs> fly off like that. Plus, I love that it was three years ago, but it's this is definitely like an old, rusty, modern pistol. And he's got this fucking Blade Runner looking <laughs> gun later, or, you know, throughout the movie. So he sits down, he starts lamenting, you know, uh, his partner, and dr- blood starts dripping from the ceiling. How do you guys miss this giant fucking bloody symbol that has been, you know, drawn in blood up on top of the ceiling it's a scorpio sign and then and that's inside of a triangle which is inside of a circle and we got a 25 and a 78 uh he's never done that before like okay uh so at this point they they go to leave they've seen all they need to see um paulson who's the guy who gave him shit earlier. He's like some uniform cop that gave him the crap about the, you know, it's cold enough for some beers or whatever. He shows up and they've already got a mold of the killer's teeth. Stone and Paulson sort of fight and Stone orders him to go take the old gun to the lab. The heartbeat kicks back in. Uh, Stone looks at the mold that's these giant fucking rat looking teeth. Um, Stone runs out to this alley. He starts yelling and starts shooting at the rooftops. Uh, Gets surrounded by all the other cops there. They pull their guns. Uh, Durkin has to talk them down. Uh, Stone's having like a panic attack. I'm telling you, he's watching. Uh, We cut to the bathroom at the police station. Stone is brushing his teeth in between taking hits of a cigarette. Uh, And And drinking coffee. Yeah. Uh, well, if you don't let those stains build up, then <laughs> just clear them right off. Mm-hmm. Uh, this, so he's not wearing the duster here, and this is where you can definitely see the shoulder pads that are sewn into his uh, sweater. Uh, I'm guessing to help give a little bit of width to him, because he definitely looks pretty dumpy <laughs> later on, too. Um, I got a kick out of that. So they... 
while Durkin starts talking about uh, his resume and why he's qualified, Stone heads to the shooting range and just starts blasting away at these like fucking foam cutouts. Uh, Durkin goes back and forth. Uh, I think it's a psychotic with a psychopathic personality. Stone just doesn't give a shit. Uh, he calls it a beast and finally shows the teeth mold to Durkin. Um, they go to leave. Stone asks to see Durkin's keys. Durkin shows off this little wrestler figurine. Oh, my so, God, dude. Could you imagine yeah. having to jam that into your suit pants pocket every day? <laughs> it's like a full-sized yeah, action figure. Right. I mean, Durkin just doesn't seem the type to give a fuck about this, though. So he's like so excited to show this thing off. It's a gift for my girlfriend. I was really interested in what wrestler that was. And uh, I know we've had a wrestler, ex wrestler, and mayor on the show before. I was wondering if anybody contacted him, maybe. It's certainly not me. <laughs> oh, shit. Otherwise, I'd be owed millions in royalties. Did you get a good our listener, Mr. Uh, Jesse the Body Ventura here? Governor, please. Governor Jesse the Body In spirit. Mm-hmm. In spirit. Still, hashtag still my governor. You damn right. Yeah, I'd still vote for you, sir. Excellent. Did you get a good look at uh, what wrestler this was? Or was this like a, a London London League? or? I don't know. Some sort of pussy UK... F F word, which means cigarette sort of wrestler, if you know what I mean. Sure, oh, Mister. It's been a while since I uh, caught I caught myself there. I almost slipped it, but I caught it. So you can say I, the word pussy, but not fuck. Oh, that's that, not that's the not F not word the I wish. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Maybe you watch a movie called Predator. It's yeah, pretty well, prominent. Let's, uh, you let's, slack-jawed, you know. Let me steer away from that. Sir, sir yeah. weren't you in that movie? Predator? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I gotta say, a definite influence on Split Second. So you've right? seen uh, Split Second there? Only to make sure I wasn't the prominent wrestling figure. They didn't give you a call for that one? I have a Google alert on wrestler figurines. I go frame by frame, make sure Vince McMahon doesn't owe me for now is there royalties. Is there a Jesse the Body Ventura keychain? F- like a full-sized action figure I can buy? I'm sure you got a box. No, no keychain big enough to hold me. Well, you've never brought one to the show for me and Dan, which is why I was yeah. really asking. You know, it'd be nice if you could at least give us uh, one. Obviously, I would bring one if one existed. First off, no key ring big enough. The only keys you could put on a Jesse Ventura keychain would be keys to shitties. <laughs> Beautiful the, uh, Minnesota and cities. And the only person who could carry that keychain would be the giant janitor of the United States. Who's who's that? It's Drew Carey. Oh, wow. A lot of people don't know this. Sure. He's cleaning up the streets in between Price is Right. I thought he was from Cleveland. 
that it's the heartland of America if you think about it. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's true. Cleveland, Minnesota, kind of the same thing, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What are some other movies with wrestlers in them? Uh, Suburban Commando. Mr. Nanny. He's got a little two. Oh, that's it. Mr. Nanny. He's got the two, two. Yeah. Um, I think Stone Cold Steve Austin. Is, uh, there's, uh, they live with Rowdy Piper in it. Oh. I was going to say uh, Stone Cold. Let's go made it. Stone Cold did a few flicks that will probably I hate to interrupt eventually. on your show. Oh, yeah. Are you guys more... Do you guys like The Rock more than Stone Cold? Nah, it takes Stone Cold. It, it doesn't make any sense now, does it? One just seems like alpha male supreme, and the other is an asexual, just tan buffalo, you know? just I, I couldn't agree with you more. It's a hairless buffalo, sir. Well, underneath the buffalo hair, it's implied. I think All right, uh, Mr. Body. Uh... Yeah, I didn't bring a spitter, and I got to... I gotta get this. Le- Levi Garrett I can't. Out. I can't swallow the whole time. You know, this stuff keeps me raw. Yeah. Speaking well, of raw, for... Vince McMahon owes me a shit ton of money. Thanks for stopping by, uh, Governor. We oh, love it. Thanks. Thanks for summoning me. Loving, loving it. J- Jesse the Damn. Bloody Ventura. Ooh. What happened? We should really the get. Go- uh, Kim Hinkle to interview him at some point. That'd be a classic episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, bet he, I bet he shows up when I go for another beer. <laughs> the governor showed up, man. Because we're uh, talking about uh, you know what? wrestlers. He, he, he can show up whenever I'm not here. Dude is just, he's all over the place. He's dropping, like he's woke, but like says dumb shit. He really just came by to complain that Vince McMahon owes him a lot of money, apparently. <laughs> yeah. That's what I was getting to. We no tried free stuff from that guy. Yeah, he wouldn't even give us a keychain. He's a real tightwad. Uh, yeah, he's real. Like he, you know, he's a self-made guy, so he really does. He expects people to kind of have the discipline. You know, famously, you know, trained with the Navy SEALs, and he's seen combat and all that. I, I don't know. He's just one of those guys. Is like not my tribe. You know what I mean? You sure. know, you just meet somebody and you're like, eh, I, I wouldn't want them in my. My tribe. It goes back. It's just like genetic. Speaking of DNA, let's kick it. Um, so uh, one of the reasons that Stone kind of dropped Durkin's keys is uh, he's sneaking away to go to the London Necropolis. I guess this is where they keep the remains. Kind of reminded me of uh, Full Contact there. Where Chow Yun-Fat, you know. Mm-hmm. Keeps the... Uh, because it's a big thing in the Eastern cultures, you know, they cremate and they keep the, and then I thought about this too. I was like, you know what, if the earth is flooded, you wouldn't have any more graveyards. So you probably would be keeping people in crematoriums or, you know, upright tombs. So he's going to see the, uh, the tomb, if you will, of his, of his dead partner, Foster. And this is where we find Kim Cattrall. Trell? Kim Cattrall? Trail, yeah, I think. Hottie, nonetheless. Who gives a fuck how you say her name? Mm-hmm. Hot, hot off that Star Trek haircut. Yep. Still got it. Still got it, man. 
She's just scatting away. I tell you what, she's scatting away. Dan, please figure out how you can share that video that I sent of Kim Cattrall doing some scatting. Yimmy caballero. <laughs> Shaving the sheepdog. Sheepdog. <laughs> um, she is the widow of Foster McLean. Um, it was hinted at earlier on by the chief, but Stone and her, they, they had a little thing after Foster died. Um, they flirt back and forth. Stone offers to let Michelle crash at his place. We finally get to his house. It is an absolute shithole. <laughs> uh, uh, it is just full of Harley Davidson shit all over the place. There's pigeons. a motorcycle. There's fucking. I haven't seen this many pigeons in a house since the hunger. So I, this guy yeah. lived in the hunger. I was yeah. gonna say I thought he might be a vampire from the amount of pigeons mm. in there. Maybe that's what's missing from this movie. If if think- <laughs> twenty minutes in, it was revealed Stone was a vampire. Well, this is the perfect setup if it's always mm-hmm. dark outside. Yeah. <laughs> Vampires should be flooding the earth like rats at this point. That's true. I don't think that this chick would be into this dude. She, I get it. I think I get it. I think I, she's so fucked up, and I think there's. I think she just. I think he's just a little too old. I think that, this is like hitting rock bottom for her. This is where she snaps out of it. <laughs> yeah, but also I, I think they do an okay job of showing his sweetness that she's able to see. You know, like when he leaves her the heart, like on the refrigerator, and he does a few. So I think she's able to kind of see past it. Um, obviously, it smells so bad in the place. She asks if they can open a window. He says that they're broken, but he's able to open the door. How'd all those pigeons get in there then if the windows don't don't open? Because they they fly by, she freaks out, and he says, I'm sorry about the pigeons. I can't kill them. Don't know what this means. Must be in a lease, I guess. No dead dead pigeons. Hey, they were here when you moved in, so. (laughs) There's seven in here. There better be seven when you leave. (laughs) Um They start they sit down, they start to catch up. Uh, this is, did you guys catch the Knights in White Satin in the score? That's like the romantic score whenever they're together. Mm-mm. I was humming and I was like, what the fuck? And then they, it kicks in later when they're at the diner. So I won't, I'll spare you the hum. Um, Damn. <laughs> no. <clears throat> Voice is a little raw still from previous character work. Um, <laughs> So she gets up. To, she's like, make uh, make some coffee. She goes to the kitchen, which somehow is wor- is the worst room in the house. Most definitely, um, she is. Like, don't you have any real food? Uh, she cuts. She looks over, and Stone is fucking passed out with a cigarette. Um, she takes off her her trench coat duster, if you will. We find she's just wearing like a fucking night slip. I'm into it. Looks great. Uh, she puts out the cigarette. She finds his wallet. She sees that he's got a, a picture of her. Ladies love that shit. You know, nobody does that anymore because of our phones. You know? I got a picture of me and my wife in my wallet right now. Oh, okay. Dan? No, God. Yeah. Okay. 
it's just a card that comes out to buy the shit that she's buying. And then mm-hmm. I put it back in my wallet. I don't even who I don't even need a wallet. I got Apple Pay. It's bullshit. A picture of my ID on my phone. You should get one of those accordion fold out stand that's got like eight pictures. No, mm-hmm. dude. You're the only one that has a picture of your wife in your wallet, you guy yeah. from nineteen forty eight. We remember what our wife looks like. Dude. Yeah, I live with the woman, the lovely lady. Hey, <laughs> if you're not double checking when somebody opens your front door, you're an idiot. Two drink minimum. Oh, it's you. Yeah. Um, Every day he sits down at dinner and Karan's like. Yeah, I got her name written on the back, so I can. I think it's still her. Okay, I can eat this. Mm-hmm. Next step is having her tattooed on your palm. Mm-hmm. Did you get so a haircut? So is my wife. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you got to go get fucking it laser removed mm-hmm. to have her. Haircut changed. Uh, Stone Stone has a flash. We get a sepia tone with uh, Stone and Foster, his partner. They're in this cave. It's real quick. Stone turns around. Foster's gone. He's like sucked into the water. How does that work? Uh, It's like right underneath him. So there had to be solid ground under the water. Yeah, it's like like he stepped on a trap door or something the way he goes down. Uh, Stone wakes up. He's got a pigeon chilling on his head. He, of course, eats some chocolate, drinks some coffee from a cup with a cigarette in it, in the sink. Yep. This man is atrocious. Vile, dude. Uh, <laughs> he, he brushes his hair with what I think is a wire-like um, mechanics brush. Uh, he looks outside, sees Durkin doing fucking Tai Chi on the hood of his Jeep. It must have hurt whenever he combed his hair with that because he stopped immediately after <laughs> that first one. Here's the deal. It, of all the character things that don't make sense, why does he give a shit about what his hair looks like? Right? The ladies in town, you know. Yeah, I guess. He's still trying to impress this, I guess, woman that he's already been with and <laughs> broken up with should, at some point. Yeah. Yeah, he's trying to get laid because, as we know later on, he gets real jealous at the fact of that Durkin's laying a pipe every night. I mean, it is um, kind of crappy to bang your your dead partner's ex-wife, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, grief brings people together. Yeah, but it still seems like a... I'm with you, Kron, though. You said this was probably like her lowest of the low, and after this, she's going to be like... I'm moving to the city. <laughs> yeah. She, she's going to end up on a street that isn't flooded with water all day and night. Right. Yeah, the streets of New York. With Sarah Jessica Parker. No, she's not doing it anymore. It's a big deal. She's not coming back. She had enough. Not enough time to do Sex in the City reboot and scat. <laughs> uh, so in between... Uh, so we see Durkin doing the Tai Chi, but by the time Stone comes down, Durkin's fallen asleep. Stone does a real douche move of tying Durkin's bootlaces together, uh, sets the alarm or the uh, siren off, wakes Durkin up. He trips into the water, gets up. Uh, Durkin says, uh, oh, he needs breakfast. Stone does. Durkin says that he doesn't eat until he's run five mo- uh, miles every morning. 
This is where he also low-key drops that he gets laid every night. This guy uh, doesn't get laid every night. I, he does. I absolutely believe that no. this guy, he's got an ugly wife, but they do it every night. I believe it. Maybe by the end of the movie he is, but this version of him. No, he divorces her after the end of this. He's like, <laughs> oh, she's too plain for him now. Yeah. Uh, we start getting the heartbeat. I got to step uh, it, in at the heartbeat here. Okay. This is a very, very easy thing to accomplish. If you hear the fucking heartbeat, just follow it to the killer. What do you mean? Just like... It's going to get louder, right? As you get closer. Like a metal detector? That's like video. That's video game logic, dude. Yeah. Kron, you cannot say anything about video games because we know that you don't understand... What is a video game and what is a movie? That's a yeah. I think you you're... only like interactive. Oh wait, no, we're getting him confused with that <laughs> yeah. tough teen that that comes in the store. Yeah, that's a tough teen mentality. Mm-hmm. I'm getting on his whole scream two on masterminds. That's oh yeah, because because that is totally a game that is just full of skeletons. Here we, so here we go again. We're going to let it Stone, rest there. Stone says he needs coffee. They drive off. Uh, right as they drive off, we get a, a slash into... Something slashes into the back of Stone's Jeep and steals a shotgun. Um, <laughs> during the drive, Durkin attempts to massage Stone. This we don't need. Um, back at the apartment, Michelle, she's looking around. She finds that Stone, he... Um, He's got this pristine Harley motorcycle underneath this uh, blanket. And he also left her um, a bunch of the little chocolates. I'm guessing, did he lick the back of these things to get them to stick to the refrigerator? Or is his refrigerator so goddamn greasy and gross? I think the moisture from the flooded streets, you know. Okay. I think he... So she grabs one of those and, and takes a bite. We cut back. They are uh, now Stone and Dirk, and they're at a diner. This whole diner thing is weird. For some reason, the... Server just never brings Durkin his food, uh, but brings Stone like a big ass fucking plate of English breakfast. I think he got one look at him and he was like, This pushover, <laughs> this old mop of a human doesn't deserve anything. Uh, Durkin starts going on. He says, I think you have psychological powers. Uh, he starts going on about like how he's into comic books and. What is it, the Black Mask or something like that mm-hmm. that he's into? Um, this guy's also super into like keeping up with his horoscope, which is a weird character trait. Yep. And immediately knows like what dates or what <laughs> mm-hmm. for what astrological sign because we find out like, bam, uh, Stone's a scorpion here. So then this is where you actually hear nights in white satin for real like this is in the background at the diner and that's what like clicked I was like, oh okay i just thought it was an interesting choice for like the romantic theme or whatever uh we cut back we got somebody something and we're in first person and we got the heartbeat going we start moving around the apartment we see michelle she gets in and takes a shower we get the heartbeat more first person through the hallway 
Durkin is telling Stone, I think you and the killer have some sort of psychic wavelength, and you're both on it. Um, goes on about the astrological nonsense, and Stone finally lets him finish his breakfast. He gets all fucking excited. Um, Stone's kind of had enough. He's like, let's just go through what we do know. Um, he strikes at the new moon, always before midnight, and uh, big trailer line here. He's not a vegetarian. Call comes in, intruder at 16 Rosal. That's Stone's place. So they take the fuck off. Uh, they show up. They call for backup. Stone runs up. They also notice that the shotgun in the back of the Jeep is gone. Stone charges into the apartment. He finds Michelle still showering. Uh, and the, the somebody started the motorcycle, too. This is a total misdirect. It was in another apartment. We get the heartbeat. Stone runs off. They finally find the other apartment. They're set out outside. They're getting ready to bust in. I think Stone takes a chocolate and then is like starting to count, like, you know, it's going on three. Durkin just goes in early, fucking Leroy Jenkins style, <laughs> and immediately gets blown up and gets blown out this window. I think it looks fucking awesome, him getting thrown out that window. He looks better than Billy Zane going through a window. I'll say that. Yes, but not as good as the Brazilianaires going out the window. Brazilianaires number one. We got Stone number two, and we definitely got uh, Billy Zane number three. Yeah. So Stone, so he finally he jumps in. He starts exchanging fire. This verges on like loaded National Lampoon's loaded weapon. The way Stone is just jumping and rolling over stuff, it's. It's like one too many where it's funny. Uh, we don't exactly see what he's shooting at, like what the figure is. And then all of a sudden, uh, Stone sort of shoots at this door and this black figure with huge claws jumps out and jumps away. Um, it gets out. Stone goes into the bathroom. It's covered with blood. We got another dead woman in the tub. Uh, Michelle just shows up. Uh, she's fucking bleeding from her shoulder. Uh, it bit me. To which Stone replies, don't worry about it. Uh, yeah. Why not? <laughs> yep, we got this. Uh, ambulance shows up. They haul away the dead woman. They help Michelle. Uh, Stone sees this little girl sitting on the stairs, goes over and gives her the same like Rottweiler treatment. You saw it, didn't you? Yep. I, I wrote down, like, you can't just keep walking up to random dogs and children and yeah. saying that. Yeah, maybe ask somebody who might be able to answer coherently. Yeah. Find one uh, adult. <laughs> ask them if they saw it. Uh, Stone starts hyperventilating. Uh, paramedics come over. They try to help him. It's okay. I just need some fresh air. He starts to basically have a panic attack. They give him some sort of sedative, I guess. Yeah, stop drinking fucking coffee and eating chocolate all fucking day, dude. That is Take some of the water it, from the streets. It keeps him on edge, bro. You add those two things plus a bunch of nicotine. We've named 100% of his diet at this point. Mm -hmm. So uh, We get the flashback again to Foster's murder. Um, we see Foster pull down under the water again. Uh, Stone turns around. We get this giant monster figure behind Stone. He doesn't see it. 
we could flash away. Stone wakes up at the hospital. He, like, of course, he's wearing like a t-shirt with the sleeves ripped off. Uh, <laughs> uh, this is where we see uh, that he's got these gnarly fucking scratch scars on his shoulder. Uh, he freaks out, runs into the hallway where Durkin is waiting. You know, what the fuck? Uh, never heard of a bulletproof vest? And this is, like, this is the point of the movie, right? Where you're like, oh, uh, I know what movie I'm watching, right? Like, they, they've, they, they're they nailing the tone, I think, at this point. Uh, Durkin goes, or he points at the scars. There's your psychic connection, dude. Holy shit. Um... Stone fucking jabs Durkin right in the face and says, don't, don't ask me why I did that. You know, basically, I'm guessing because he ran into the room, right? Like, is that pretty obvious or just for being annoying? Like, uh, a little of column A, a little column okay. B. That's, all right, I was like, maybe, maybe I'd miss something else. I think it's just um, to exert dominance, too. <laughs> so he, he finds Michelle... Michelle says she didn't see anything. She just felt it, felt it biting her. Um, Stone walks through uh, the office. He runs into Paulson again, starts asking him what's in the report. Bear with me here. Paulson says there were traces of Leptospira intergens or intergons. Well, what the hell is that? He goes, um, that's the rat virus that causes vials disease. Uh, I did look this up. It is a real disease. It happens in like cattle and rats and shit. Um, so apparently the DNA Boy, has do we some... have something to take for that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, this is where Paulson uh, installs so- like Stone one last time. Stone's had enough. He ends up pushing him up against the wall. Uh, Commander comes out, kind of saves Paulson, calls Stone back in. Word on the street is you missed we get this cool like wraparound shot like through the blinds of the office. I unloaded a full clip 450 Magnum point blank. It disappeared. Well, what the fuck is this thing, right? Um, it's got some rat DNA on it. It can't be killed. It knows zodiac signs, Chinese Fish. astrology. Fish. Yeah. Uh, Durkin comes in. He just fucking walks right in. Starts talking about the report that the killer has the DNA structures of all of its victims. Um, it says here it's got rat DNA. It even has some of Stone's DNA. Uh, Chief puts him back on the street, stops Durkin real quick to give him a Durkin watch your ass. But Which you don't really need because at this point we know Durkin's fucking bulletproof, right? Uh, Stone and Durkin, uh, they realize that the uh, the killer it didn't get the heart out of the last victim. So they decide they need to rush to the morgue. And this is where we rush to the bathroom. So we get to the morgue. We've got, it's white and clean and futuristic. You know, the tables are, are hanging from the ceiling. We got the heartbeat going, though. Uh, Durkin and Stone, they, they start quietly moving through. They're looking up underneath. They're moving around. Um, 
Durkin sees like a figure behind this wall. He goes up and kicks it. He scares the shit out of like a morgue tech who's just sitting there listening to headphones. Um, well, he does yell out, what are you eating to this guy? Which <laughs> is a good question because as we've established, you know, morgue techs, coroners, they should give you a full rundown of any kind of food item that, that is, is involved. That is true. That is true. That was one thing that was lacking in these reports. Mm-hmm. Is what these victims had in their stomach when they had their hearts ripped up. Probably could have solved the Not case dog. days earlier if they just had that critical info. <laughs> I do like how Stone's the reasonable one there. He's like, he works here. Mm-hmm. We can move on. Um, like they cut back out. We're in the middle of the bodies. They see something in the ceiling. Like uh, the panels, tiles are they're moving. Um, it stops. They think it's gone. Holy shit, the killer falls right through. Uh, smashes down, starts running through. They start shooting at it. Um, our killer monster just fucking smashes through a steel wall and takes the fuck off. This is where Durkin really starts to freak. We need bigger guns, Stone. We need bigger fucking guns. Um, Stone starts asking, did you see him? That wasn't a him. It was a fucking it. Um, just on and on about big fucking guns. Like, you know, he really starts to get, like, he's very proper up to this point, you know. Um, they, they take off. Uh, Durkin is just fucking amped. Stone just starts filling him up with coffee and donuts. Basically getting him high, or keeping him high, rather. Like, how does it feel? How does it feel? Oh, I'm on edge. Um, Turning him into stone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Stone gets up and real close and says, you really get late every night? Durkin's like, yeah. yeah. Uh, all right, we need to go. Where are we going? Now we go get bigger guns. Man, they get to a fucking gun locker. Have we had a gun locker scene yet? In our in our run? I couldn't really... Like, Maniac the, Cop 2, maybe? I was going to say, I the, I, the jury, had... It, I don't think it was a locker, but it, they just had like the guns on the wall that the dudes were taking. Yeah. Mm. And then Tremors, I don't call... I mean, that's a rec room. You know, yeah. that's where he's he's masturbating in there. That's not really a you know an official gun locker, you know. That's a smut wall. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, shout out to uh, Tremors Saga on Twitter for just flooding my Twitter feed with uh, just the best in, in Tremors related news and, and, and memes. You guys crushing it out there. Thanks, guys. You, you, uh, you're doing the Lord's work, sir. Mm-hmm. Uh, A3 high-powered semi-automatic. Fuck that. Something bigger. I want a grenade launcher. High-capacity 90 mil automatic mag. Oh, yeah. How about an SA-80? These are too fucking small. Keep going. Uh, yeah. uh, Durkin finds an assault shotgun, fully automatic, and some Megatron flash grenades. Why do uh, why do they skip over the grenade launcher to land on a big shotgun? I, I don't know. I because it's physically smaller. I guess. I guess they just want the safety of that bigger gun. You know. I mean, the shotgun does look crazy whenever they mm-hmm. pull it off the wall, but I just, 
I feel like for pure firepower, the grenade launcher would probably be the way to go there. Right, but I hate to bring it back to video games, but you also know the grenade launcher, it's it's fun and it does some power, but in close quarters, you know, and, and just sort of in terms of volume or like, you know, ammo volume, I don't you know, the shotgun's going to... It's going to be a little bit more consistent. I get what you're saying, but the grenade launcher seems more like a boss fight weapon you would keep around. And if you wouldn't call the end of this movie a boss fight, I don't know what qualifies. Oh, this is the boss fight for sure. Um, I, I, I'm inclined to agree with you that you should have at least taken it mm-hmm. and you, we could have had a scene with him using it, you know, just to blow something up for fun. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Guys- it's it's 1992. Duffel bags are huge. Mm-hmm. Backpack. Plus, plus, you just come off of T2, which has the Gatling gun, right? So their their shotguns are sort of fitting that, you know, at the waist sort of of look. It would have been fucking badass if one of those was a grenade launcher, and one was a shotgun. You know, and they just. I mean, was Treat Williams Rest in peace. thought about for this? Should have been. I don't think shotgun. He, he was he's too sexy to be stoned. He's not rugged. He was too handsome, like boyishly handsome in ninety two. My hair can't be wet for that long. Mm-hmm. Oh guys, uh I finished season three of Tales from the Crypt, so I grabbed the DVD for season four, and on the back of the box it says, this season features Treat Williams. Fuck yes. He made it. You know, he's when you, ma- you make it, when you're featured, you know, like they're promoting did, you. Mm-hmm. Did you get, like, a little hard? Like, Well, I was just yeah. more sad since he's dead. And Yeah. No, guys, Treat Williams is alive. No, he died, dude. Yeah. We're going to get sued by Trey. You should have gone into your your rec room and had a sad wank. Um, So they take off without actually signing for any of the shit. This poor guy. (laughs) He's going to get in trouble. Uh, The the chief finds uh, Durkin and Stone in the hallway. Who authorized this? Uh, They just start blowing him off. They just basically start having their own conversation while the chief is, like, asking for some fucking answers. Uh, there are like seven scenes that take place in this hallway. Oh, this movie is a hallway, a stairway, a what, two apartments, a nightclub, and the street. Mm-hmm. And the subway. And the subway. They save the subway for the end. Mm-hmm. Restaurant subway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Eat fresh. And you can get the brand new bread that's featured subway now. Mm-hmm. Uh I was gonna go into a promo, but Dan, did you know that if you us. order uh, with the Subway app, no, you can get I don't two- fucking care because oh, okay. they're not fucking paying us. Come on, man, you gotta. And guess what? I'm a. I'd rather go to Jimmy John's. Fuck Subway. Yeah, fuck you, Subway. You hired that kid diddler. <laughs> but if Subway wants to come on, we'll 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 take you. I don't, I don't uh, they might have before the kid diddler thing. What they didn't hire a kid diddler? No, I think they're more mad that we said we're Jimmy John's guys. Well, you know, okay, you got us on that, but fuck Jimmy Johns. I'm not that a guy. I'm not fucked a big, the shark. You know, Jimmy Johns is something you eat when you can't decide on what else to get, um, or it's the only thing on that side of the road that isn't Taco Bell or Wendy's. 
but uh, I'm not a big fan of like fucking big game hunters and shit, you know. And that's what I'm saying. They're like, we may have the diddled kids, but that guy fucked the shark, so you know. Well, let's just pick be your uh, Jersey Mike guys. Never had it. I like a Jersey Mike's man. I no, had it Jersey on Jersey Mike's uh, is great. Vacation. It was a it was really? a good sandwich, man. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Right. Was, it was a good sandwich. I had to try it out, I guess. Jersey's sure. Mike's, we're open. Hey, we got a guy or some gals uh, in Jersey some, that love some, us. Yeah, somebody's downloading our shit. So whatever listener in uh, New Jersey, send Dan some Jersey Mike's. There you go. Yeah, mail, up, mail him up, a Jersey Mike sub. Just let me know when it's going to be delivered. I'll take off, sign for it. We'll be there. It's doable. It's doable. Send him a party platter right through the mail. Is there a Jersey Mike's in uh, Nashville? Oh, yeah. Well, there you go. Just drive it up to for yeah, Dan's Cron, birthday. For Dan's too, birthday man. in February. Bring it up. I'll mail it. I think there's one. In Next the Cinema Jihad. Please bring a Jersey Mike's four-day-old. Yeah, that sat in my truck Jersey, for at least Jersey eight Mike's hours. platter. Yep. All right. So they start walking down the hall. They start going off. Turkin's like, why didn't I think of it before? 25, 78, 25th year, 78th cycle. The Chinese calendar, 2008. Now, this year, you know, reminding us that the movie is in the future. 2008 is the year of the rat. Yeah, Karan. shit. You know, too little, too late. This movie's been pretty anti-rat up until now, so... I mean, how was your 2008? Was that a good year for you since you're like a rat dude? Oh, yeah, dude. I was just running through chicks in 08. Really? Oh, yeah. I was yeah. talking about financially, but okay. Oh, yeah, it was a boon, dude. I made a billion dollars. I was I was 2000 late. Sure. I just couldn't get there. I was dating a guy named Nate. Anyway. Scorpio up. is the sign most susceptible to the powers of darkness. The most powerful supernatural being being Satan. What the fuck? I don't know. I guess it's a so, religious movie so now. <laughs> we went from a serial killer to a rat mutant to now Satan. A fish. <laughs> Uh, the chief, he's still following, trying to get them to fucking respond, and they're just blowing him off. Uh, he doesn't believe this shit. He starts going off, uh, to which Stone replies, he's eating human hearts for Christ's sake. Uh, eating the heart gains their powers and the DNA and their souls. What, to take him to hell? Looks like it. <laughs> Definitely not a vegetarian. Could have yeah. said anything there. I mean... <laughs> Take them to hell, destroy them, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, Chief freaks out down the hallway. Am I supposed to put out a fucking APB on some bloke who thinks he's the goddamn devil? And starts yelling at people in the hallway and shit. It's a great little insert I like. Um, We're back at Stone's place. Durkin is fucking loving it, dude. <laughs> he is sitting on this Harley going, like fucking imagining riding. He looks around. This place is amazing. Great bike. He's he, dude. He is all in. Stone is agitated as hell. He's making some coffee. 
We Why got the, the fuck. Would you have a Harley in this movie when the fucking streets are water? That's exactly what I was gonna say. I mean, you would hydroplane every <laughs> every slight adjustment you make would be a hydroplane. He just, but he just—he's not driving it. He just your, in, your insurance company would be so pissed at you because you just flood the engine every time. He's just collecting it, dude. American picker style. He's just got to. <laughs> uh, I, I love Stone's like big futuristic water bottle thing that he's got. Like the rectangular water cooler bottle. Uh, he's trying to make coffee. He goes to open the fridge. We got blood splatter and a fucking human heart on a plate. Durkin goes to touch it. Stone says, no, don't. Stone just takes the fucking thing, walks over to a window, and throws it out. Hey, they got enough hearts and evidence by this point. I yeah. mean, what's one more going to do? I mean, at least you could have chopped it up and fed it to the pigeons or something. Mm-hmm. It didn't even have usable bite marks in it, so it's just garbage at this point. Mm-hmm. Whose heart was it? Was it the third victim? <laughs> yeah. That he, that, I guess that he ended up getting it from the morgue? That's what I thought, but okay. Maybe just an off-screen kill. We never know because nobody goes and digs through the fucking flooded streets. Uh, at this point, Durkin realizes that there's water coming down the hallway. He might need to call a plumber. Uh, they bust in. Turns out Michelle, she's in the bath. She's uh, she just loves bathing in this apartment, dude. Mm-hmm. Dude, Again. I'm all. F- I'm all for it. She's showing boobage. Show me that Kim Catrolli. I mean, um, kind of skipped over silver nipples. I mean, oh yeah, the strippers silver nipples. So, is that what nipples are in the future? I was trying I, in editing these episodes. Right, it's pretty clear that I am king perv. Uh, right, we got the rat guy. We got the laundry guy. We got the guy who's picking Savage Streets. I didn't establish that. Slumber Party Massacre and a movie with silver titties. I think last week you guys were like, hey, we haven't said Laundry Dan in a while. Let's let's bring that back up. I think that was talked about pre-pod. No. Yeah. Kron and I are only friends through you. We don't talk. It's like a... This is a Kramer-George relationship. You're, Guys, I, you're our Jerry. I literally found the Bones and Cron after Five Day Reynolds podcast on iTunes the other day. Do you think oh, I'm? Shit. Do you think I'm doing another one of these? <laughs> we shouldn't. We shouldn't have called it the After Five Day Reynolds podcast. <laughs> yeah, it popped and titled up. titled the first episode "What Laundry Dan Did Wrong." <laughs> well, but we had to air those grievances. I mean, <laughs> a six hour episode. Yeah, I'm dude. Half of of uh, Howard's Sirius XM show or channel is after shows where all they do is talk about how great Howard Stern was in the last four hours. Mm-hmm. Well, half of his show is him just yelling at his interns and asking him what they did like on Saturday night. Mm-hmm. Uh, do either of you still have Sirius? No. no. Okay, it is becoming the Tom Morello fucking radio service dude he's got uh a lithium show 
a radio commandante or some shit on Ozzy's boneyard. And then like another show, like where he sneaks in and does shit. And he just, do, he does the show with like his mom, who's like a hundred years old. And every other song is a song that he plays on. So he'll play like Nirvana and then go, now here's a song from my band, Rage Against the Machine. We wrote, and just like, you may as well just play Tom Morello songs. Cause that's all you want to do. And he'll go on about like playing with Bruce Springsteen and how Bruce Springsteen loves him. And then he'll ask his mom, like, you like Bruce Springsteen? And she's like, yeah. Like, like literally, she's like, yeah, he's, he's all I think right. she's 98, I think. Yeah. And he's like, all right, yeah, thanks, Mom. Anyway, I'm uh, Tom Morello, and you're listening to Radio Commandante on Onzi's Boat. You're like, uh, holy shit. Anyway, I had to get that off my chest. It's fucking everywhere. But I love Sirius XM. I'll never not have Sirius XM. Sirius XM were open mm-hmm. advertisements. Hey, they bought fucking Stitcher, so they're going to be deep in the podcast game soon. Yeah, we like you better than Subway, so... That's for sure. Throw a little money this way. I could do four hours of content every morning. I'll do your fucking drive time. Mm-hmm. I got I got bad impressions out the ass. I can do Jesse Ventura, Kim Hinkle, what a, fucking... really, a bad Alex Jones, an okay Gary Busey. <laughs> I'd be like, I know one of those. People. Get us a shitty intern working the boards. But what? I'll do four hours a day. What trip to work takes four hours? I would, I would not work at that place. I, I mean, Howard's people, right, are toll booth workers and tote and like truck drivers, right? That's who's list, and then like stay at home people. That's who's calling. Does she still take calls? Yeah. Some woman called the other day. And there, she had like a really deep voice, and they're like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! You're a woman." She's like, "Yeah, I've called before, and you gave me shit about my deep voice." <laughs> and Howard's like, you, "Are you like trans?" She's like, "No, I'm a real woman. I got huge thirty four double Ds." Like, oh, and yeah. then, and then this immediately broke them into like doing bits where somebody else called, you know, and did an even deeper voice, like Howard, I got big old titties, and I love you know. Like, how easy is this fucking job, right? Baba Booey. <laughs> he didn't have to watch Split Second twice. All right, so Michelle, she's in the she's in the bath. She's trying to wash off um, the blood because she touched the heart in the refrigerator. Stone's so, apartment. <laughs> yeah. She could touch anything else in Stone's apartment, but that blood, that was too much. So she's kind of doing... You get the uh, the Casino Royale, you know, Vesper in the in the shower, you know, after she sees James kill all those he, fucking guys. He really is excited about yeah, another Bond guys. reference. Holy shit! I didn't. <laughs> yep. Sorry. No time to die, guys. Pretty fucking excited. Um, all right. Yeah. So she, she's trying to wash this off. He he hops in and kind of helps her. Uh, earlier before what we didn't really talk about was that Michelle was kind of in town for her job and then also to see Foster's mom, like her dead husband's mom. Um, so compounded with her having touched this heart, we find out that Foster's mom just killed herself. Totally unnecessary, but it just, I think it's a way to maybe try to explain why she's as creeped out as she is. Because like we joked, you know, this apartment's so shitty and she was mad. 
she managed to be fine. I think her reaction to a human heart is kind of crazy. Stone tells Dick to go wait in the car. Uh, Michelle and Stone, they just start chilling, like fucking spooning on the couch. Um, You really start to see the frumpiness of of one Rutger Hauer here in his leather pants and the fucking leather suspenders that are sort of crossed in the front. It had to be hot as hell on that set wearing all that leather, dude. Mm -hmm. Feel for the guy. Yeah. Uh, Durkin's down. He's downstairs. He sees something. Um, He calls Stone on the radio, says he's going to go take a look. Stone goes to the window, looks out. He can't see him, can't get a hold of him. He's going to go try to follow up with Dick. Uh, He leaves Michelle with a gun and and a kiss, and he leaves... Uh, we get streets full of real rats here. I think this is the only time you get real actual rats, not the rat puppet. And then I'm hoping, which are dead rat, like fake dead rats later, because there's a lot of dead rats coming up. Um, Stone's walking around. He's looking in and out of alleys. We see some homeless guys. We find Dick's glasses. Stone presses on. We cut back. We got Michelle in the apartment. We got the heartbeat. We got a rat crawling through the apartment. She sees something. We don't see it. She yells Harley. Stone finds Durkin's Jeep. He's tied up in the back. Uh, he opens it up, lets him out. Dick's chest is all bloody. Um, he, he can tell from the outside of his shirt. And then there's a weird sort of cut here. We hear Michelle scream and then them run. I think it's meant they're meant to figure out that this was like a diversion that they were really trying that, you know, things really going for Michelle, but it's cut in a way that they're able to hear Michelle scream from like six blocks away or whatever. Oh, I thought they just could. Oh, okay. I thought maybe he only walked like a, a brief little jaunt down the road. Okay. Um, Michelle, she's on the couch. We get these claws that pop up through the, the leather. It looks kind of cool. I thought, um, she gets up, she shoots, she yells, you rat bastard. Dick and Stone, they bust in. Dick shoots the shit out of the fucking kitchen, trying to shoot a rat. Uh, Stone gives him shit. He's like, sorry, I missed the rat. Stone picks up a dead rat, like, fucking chunk. You mean this one? Cool. Uh, Dick passes out when he, uh, he passes out. Uh, Stone wakes him up. And this is after Stone's uncovered that Dick has a symbol scratched into his chest. Uh, turns out they do a little work here. Go ahead. How's he not in excruciating pain? <laughs> that thing is carved deep. Uh, yeah. I mean, even when he got him in the Jeep, you would think he would be screaming. Oh, I'm getting just adrenaline, man. It's adrenaline. I mean, he could have lift, he could have lifted he, a car off of his baby. <laughs> He's a new badass, so he's just like, yeah. this is how badasses feel, man, you know? I guess. Maybe maybe the all the sugar and coffee Caffeine. in his body has mm-hmm. kind of leveled him off. So we get this sort of back and forth involving a mirror. They realize that it's a map. Uh, Durkin's kind of holding it up, realize that this symbol sort of marks out where, you know, plot in where the previous deaths have been where they think he's going holy shit he's going to cannon station um this is back to the beginning where he started it all um 
Stone and Dick, they got to go see the Rat Catcher because Cannon Street Station is uh, flooded and closed. Pretty unnecessary sequence here just to establish that the area that they want to go to is closed off. So they go to the Rat Catcher, who is Michael J. Pollard, who I could only really remember from Tango and Cash and Scrooged. But when you look at his credits, he's been in a fucking ton of shit. Um, so the Rat Catcher... Uh, some guy who kind of runs the underground sort of knows the way in and out. He can get them into Cannon, Cannon Street Station. He takes them only to a point. Dick and Stone, they bust in. I think this thing is Satan. Well, Satan is deep shit. Or Satan is in deep shit. So again, it started out as just being a crazy serial killer, possibly a rat mutant, now it's Satan, and Satan leaves Chinese astrological symbols. Sure. And a fi- fish. Mm-hmm. Not a single pentagram, no upside-down cross, um, well, nothing. There, there's also a part with the rat catcher where, uh, like, I think the rat catcher thinks that these guys are going on a suicide mission, but mm-hmm. they're like, hey, is there another door? And he's like, oh, yeah, here, take my keys. And it's like... How are you going to get those keys back, dude? I mean. <laughs> yeah, especially after he makes a whole, like, you know, production after, like, this is the loo, this <laughs> is this, yeah, this is my den. Yeah, he just gives him his entire collection of keys. That's his livelihood. <laughs> <laughs> he needed a, a, a wrestler action figure to put on them. Mm-hmm. Uh, as they're walking through, Durkin finds an old vending machine, and he's hooked on chocolate at this point. Uh, so he's like, Stone, you want a rah-rah? And Stone is the one who's like, nah, come on. Uh, Durkin busts it open. It's full of rats. He gets scared. He ends up falling into a hole. Uh, Stone can smell the killer. They're up against this wall. He's behind us. Um they turn around, they open the door, and the rat catcher and the rat catcher sidekick, who we didn't really talk about, he they fall down dead. Um, Durkin starts to freak out. His chest starts to burn. Stone tells him to listen to the heartbeat. So he does what Dan was suggesting before. Like, hey, the heartbeat, it's not yours. Like, listen for it. We hear Michelle scream in the distance. They take off. They find Michelle. She's hanging She's bound by her hands. She's in this circle of light. Now, before Durkin had talked about like that circle of light, it protects what's ever in the circle from whatever is outside the circle. So they got to do this complicated thing where Durkin climbs up and has to have her swing. She's got some intense core strength to be able to swing over for Durkin to catch her. Uh, she gets off. They're up on top of this rail car. Monster almost gets her. They take off running. The monster, he's in the subway car. Um, He's running up, chasing her. We get him slashing through the roof. So he's got some, on top of being able to run through fucking steel doors, he can slash through steel. Um, Stone, he is just unloading, but ends up running out of ammo. Monster comes up behind him while he's inside the car. We we see these long, like 10-inch long claws that come over Stone's head. So obviously this thing doesn't, it's not looking to immediately kill him. It's kind of toying with him, pulls his glasses off. Now we see that it's like all black. It looks like, this is what I wrote down. 
alien meets creature from the Black Lagoon wearing an Olympic luge helmet with venom teeth. Yeah, I think he nailed it. Okay, yeah, cool. I yeah, I'd go with that. All right. Um, Durkin screams. He drops a grenade down into the subway car. Gives enough time for Stone to bounce out. Um, Durkin's counting down the grenade. They jump out of the way. Stone and Michelle got enough time to mack on each other for a little bit during this yeah, explosion. Like, what the fuck's the point of this? Come on. Yeah. Um, I'm telling you, Stone's really trying to figure out how to get late every night. He's like, if Durkin can do it, I can do it. Could be your last kiss ever. I mean, gotta... that's true. That's why I kiss everybody I meet. Yeah. It's super weird. You got to live for the moment, dude. I love kissing dudes. I I love kissing comma dudes. Like I'm telling you, dudes. Like I love partying, dudes. It's cool, man. Uh, Dick introduces himself to Michelle because at this point they actually haven't um, interacted. Um, Stone gets up. He grabs an electrical cable. He's intent on an uh, electrocuting the fucker. Uh, he tells Durkin flip the switch. This little interaction where he's like, "Are you sure?" like question him and shit michelle's got to bust the cage open for him to be able to flip the switch off um they end up dropping the the, you know the cord into the subway car they all hop up out of the water hit the switch monster gets all fucking charred the beast comes up behind stone grabs him slams him uh stone realizes that uh the beast's chest is is damaged so he's able to this is what I don't understand. He just easily counters the beast and gets him, you know, slammed up against the car. What I do get is that he's been damaged and Stone is able to punch into the beast's chest and just straight out pull out his heart. Missed opportunity. Should have took a bite. That's I wrote that down too, Dan. Really? Yeah. Should have yeah. taken a huge bite right out of that thing. Another half star if he would have took a bite. Mm-hmm. Like in front of him? Yeah, dude, right there. Like fresh fucking just... It ain't chocolate boom. or coffee, though. Yeah, but this thing's been going around biting hearts all movie. I mean, what an <laughs> ending. This has been... This is his... This is his story. Like, what a way to end it. I'm sure that they thought it was fucking awesome that they have him ripping out the heart. How um, spoiled are we as viewers that you're like, you should have fucking bit it, dude. It just proves that we're smarter than the writer of you just Split e- Second. You just expect more. Yep. Every movie we intend to prove Once again, we out smarter. smarter than you. We out. <laughs> we out smarter than you. We out. We out smarter, out than, smarter you. than you. Is that our logo? Is that uh, our, yeah, our tagline? Probably. We out smarter than you. All right. Advertisers so he, are like, well, they outsmart every movie they do. Why are we mm-hmm. gonna, you know, pay them? <laughs> Durkin and Michelle, they show up. They just blast the shit out of the beast body. It looks fucking awesome. And uh, without hesitation, Stone just shoots the. The heart point blank. While he's, or in the dirt. While he's holding it. Mm-hmm. He holds it in his hand and then he shoots it, which you'd blow your own hand off, right? 
Yeah. Okay, would you would you compromise on him not biting it, but he throws it into the air and then shoots it like I, a trick shot? I think number one is you take a bite out of the heart. Number two okay. is trick shot the heart. Number three is what we get, which is hold it in my hand and then shoot it. Okay. Yeah. Um, is it dead? I don't know, Durkin? That's a difficult question to answer with a simple yes or no. Philosophy of death is one of my hobbies. <laughs> the gang walk away. We get some bubbles up from underneath the water. What does this mean? Be survived? Is there another beast? Maybe he's ripping a sick fart down there. <laughs> Was it Foster the whole time? Who knows? Um... We cut to the gang cruising down the river on some boat that they must have stolen, I guess, because they didn't show up in this boat. Um, Durkin starts to give a voiceover. Once again, the black mask power prevails over evil. Yes, Detective Dick Durkin and his psychic sidekick, Harley Stone, can relax a moment. Stone yells at him to shut up. End credits. Guys, 1992 split second, Rutger Hauer. And some guy playing Detective Dick Durkin. Directed by Tony Malum. Yes. Who, not to step on your bit, I did do a little bit of research, was uh, suffered from some exhaustion or something towards the end of this movie and ended up not directing subway the, the subway boss fight. Mental other, issues. Yes. It's like poetry, it rhymes. Um, also, Stephen Norrington did the creature design, had like three weeks to design this thing, I read. I was like, Stephen Norrington, I know this name. Motherfucker directed Blade. So. 1998. I know, Cron, I said I only watched Split Second this week. What I left out was that Bones also threw on Blade and watched the first 20 minutes and was immediately bummed out that he didn't get to watch Blade twice. Well, maybe you can get at least one. You, you so, can knock out the other hour tin mm-hmm. at another point. Yeah. So uh, as crappy as the end product of this monster looks, this Stephen Norrington absolutely fucking makes up for it with the first Blade movie. So, <clears throat> Oh, we're going to go deeper. And it's going to make Kron very happy. Okay. Well, are you about to do further research? Yeah. Okay, I got one thing real quick. There's a part in the subway fight where the Satan trips Stone, and I thought it was really funny. Yes. Yes, I, I wrote that down and I skipped over it. You're absolutely right. I thought they, it, and they, yeah, just just the fact that Satan trips somebody, like that's a tactic that he has in his arsenal. Yeah, any other, any other bits or anything that I've, bits, any sort of uh, scenes or things that you guys thought I blew over? I was trying to move as quick as this movie. Like I said, it just fucking snowballs. Mm-hmm. So. I did write a note. Is this the shape of water before the shape of water? <laughs> I don't know. I didn't see shape of water. What I have seen 
is every James Bond movie multiple times. I don't know about you guys. Yeah, yeah. Fucking stoked. I think, ladies and gentlemen, I think for this to be Shape of Water, that Satan would have to bang Kim Cattrall at some point. Eh, we never know what happened when he bit her. Uh, Rule thirty-four. Dudes, dudettes, upon further research, this script in 1988, one of the greatest years in cinematic history, was originally called Pentagram, and it took place in Los Angeles. Uh, They do say that this was a big influence for David Fincher for the movie Seven. I don't don't agree with that. I don't think so. I just thought that was an interesting fact. A Belgium death metal band called Aborted used an image from this film as an album cover. What, at, so, Belgi- what, what Belgian? Image? I didn't look it up. So you guys can do that on your own. What image do you think it would be? I'd probably say one of the bathroom murder scenes. Oh, man. It's got to be Durkin on that motorcycle. I think it's Stone dumping a heart out the window. <laughs> I almost I mean, said that shit. You guys can look it up, but that's what I'm gonna guess. Probably that's all right. It, it, it would have to do with blood. I thought. I don't need. I don't need my Spotify feed to get darker than it is. <laughs> that's true. Uh, shot in eight weeks. Ian Sharp is the director of the subway scene, who took over for uh, Mr. Tony Melee because of uh, stress issues. I guess he was having with the film. Um, he probably he just got tired of his feet getting wet all day. <laughs> <laughs> His fucking socks are wet all the time. I can't handle it. Wendy Carlos, uh, she is a composer that Mr. Stanley Kubrick used for The Shining, A Clockwork Orange. Uh, Kubrick didn't direct Tron, but she did that as well. <laughs> she did the score for this movie, but it was rejected. And we got what we got. So, um... And a name that is going to be tattooed on the na- or the back of Cron Howard is Gary Scott Thompson, who wrote this movie. And Bones loves this guy as well, because he also has notable credits for The Fast and the Furious, along with the second Fast and the Furious, Too Fast, Too Furious. But he also has two very interesting credits, Cron can you take a guess what those are? Well, I guess I'm left with a pool of all the other movies that exist besides Fast and Furious 1 and 2 and Split Second. Why don't you tell me, Dan? Is it uh, is it Stuart, what's his name, related? No, it's something that he's talked about quite often here lately. Hollow Man? Yes. No fucking ho- way. He wrote Hollow Man Holy and God. Hollow Man 2. Incredible. <laughs> Hollow Man 2 with Christian Slater? We haven't even talked about that. <laughs> Gary Scott Thomas wrote this film and those films and Hollow Man 1 and 2. Was released May 1st, 1992. A 7 million budget. Grossed 5.4. So... Released during the L.A. riots, right? Yeah, uh, you mentioned that. I didn't see that, actually. But, uh, yeah, that's all I got, guys. Damn. Sounds like instead of 
beating people in the streets. You should have been beating your feet to the movie theater to <laughs> check out run. Split There's Second. water in the streets, man. <laughs> can't we all just go watch Split Second? <laughs> Guys, is it time? I think it's time. to rate my letterboxed. Rate Guys, it. Uh, I will say that we all need to be available December 5th at St. Louis University. Um, i seen today that Evanescence is playing. Oh, wow. I got us tickets. Merry Christmas. Do you think that is a um, vaccine? No, vaccine or proof of uh, testing required venue? It's mandatory no masks. <laughs> mandatory mask and earplugs. Because <laughs> I don't know. I, I bet she's probably smart, right? She's no Jim Brewer. I mean, I poor, do have to show my guy. vax. I do have to show my vax card Saturday for Judas Priest. So, excellent. We need to keep them alive as long as they can. It's true. I, you're seeing the Stones and Judas Priest in the same weekend. I'm seeing Judas Priest on a Saturday, and then Sunday I am watching the Rolling Stones. Who's without? Who's drumming for them? Uh, they're tech that normally would help Charlie out. Yeah, Charlie's and, been out for a while, right? Like even before uh, COVID, when he taking a break? Yeah, they released that he was sick and recovering f- from a surgery that he had, and I think like three weeks later he actually passed. So they would release that information before everything had kicked off or mm-hmm. was going to kick off. So, which sucks, but you know, there is. If you guys are sort of bored, it's not that great, but it's an interesting little watch. It could be half the time. There's a netflix documentary i don't know if they produce it or what but it's i think it's trump beat i don't know i'll fucking send it but it's about count drummers in. count me in i don't know if you've watched that it's okay halfway through yeah yeah but they sort of talk about like the real influential rock drummers and they talk about him and they talk about like how fucking ringo was like smiley and like kind of into it and then they <laughs> show charlie and they were like he was just so serious it's like like no fucking joy i was like god damn it's just crazy like i don't know 60 fucking years of like looking like you hate it but still doing it i guess it must be a good job there's some good stories in uh keith's book life he does does a few Charlie stories, which are pretty funny. They do. They talk about Ginger Baker. Ginger, yeah. Ginger Baker. That's a fucking great documentary. I don't know if you've ever seen. That guy so, is a fucking psycho. He's a nutbag, dude. Mm-hmm. Fucker could drum though. Yeah. All right. I could sit here and talk drums all day, but we got to talk about exposing each other. Cue the Evanescence. Rate my box. Okay, we're back from the Evanescence. One of you fuckers got to go first. Cron Howard. 
uh, I'll send it back to Dan since he's in the lead of this thing. <laughs> oh. A little bit of pressure this week, gentlemen. This is a um, it's a hard one. It's a tough I one. Was tr- I was trying not to. It was really hard not to like. Hey, first impressions, because every time Kron's like, I'm not going to give it away. But I said that once. <laughs> We've been shying away here. It's getting tighter. The game. The game has consequences now. Mm-hmm. I am going bones a three point five. I'm going Cron Howard at 3.0. I'm going to go Bones. I'm going to say, I don't know, I'm between 3.5 and 4. I'm going to go 3.5 for Bones. I'm going to go with Dan a 3. Bonesosaurus. Dan, 3.0. Kron, 3.5. Dan, please expose yourself. All right. Is it small? It's, it's cold. It's starting to get cold. I mean, it's about the same as it always looks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A dick, um, listen, dude, a dick can have office hours. You know what I'm saying? Like That's true. You know, I don't got the summer dick going right mm-hmm. now. It's a little bigger, a little frothier. Um, if you sit down and think about split second, it makes no fucking sense at all. Um, we throw the occult in there. We throw Satan. We throw DNA. We throw fish. Um for this creature that we have, serial killer. Um, and coming off when I watched it on Tuesday night, and then I went through it today as well, I had it at a 2.5, but I enjoyed Stone's performance so much with the coffee and the fucking chocolate. He kept it up. And then Dick's performance as well. I got it at a 3.0, gentlemen. Uh, I think like Dan, when probably in the first 30 to 45 minutes of this movie, I was probably a 2.5. Um, by the time you get to the end of it, you've got Satan tripping people, hearts being thrown out of windows. Uh, it's got a lot of stuff to to enjoy. Um I think ultimately I would probably end up at a 3.0 as well. This was enjoyable, but I don't know. I've liked some of the other movies we've watched slightly better. So, uh, it doesn't, none of this is supposed to work like together. Like so much of this is a, all right, uh, Tommy, you can pick eight of these things, not 40. You know <laughs> what I mean? To make this make sense. And somehow they just, you know, it, it is almost like they wrote down a bunch of ideas, threw them on the ground, 
Yeah, like threw them up and what stuck. So, all right. So we got rats, we got floods. We've got this, we've got that. I mean, knowing that it was like another script, took place in LA, satanic killer, you know, killed, I think it was like something like killed five people every five years, blah, blah, blah. You know, and then you're trying to combine that with this other futuristic thing. It just, it shouldn't make sense. But for some reason, it's fun. Like, it's funny. Like, it doesn't take itself seriously. It ends in a boss fight. While it's not satisfying, necessarily, it knows what it's getting to. It's got silver nipples. It's got a guy calling a Rottweiler a dickhead. It's like, uh, there's this something about the English charm of it. You know, it's like, it's not in L.A. or New York. It's in London. But, so yeah, you're absolutely right. There was this, like, where do I land... I think we're going to be talking about this movie a little bit more. I think it will have like some weird staying power just because of how weird it is. Um, but, but I, I really had a real fun time. Like even the second time I watched this, I was bummed. I had to keep pausing it to take notes. Like I just wanted to keep getting to the next scene. So I'm a 3.5. So you both fucking rock it at two points each. And I, just fucking bite your ankles at a 1.5. I will say, I think that they should have stuck with it just being a fucking, like, giant fucking rat like monster. Might have moved instead it up of, another half point for one of us. Instead of just trying to mix everything in, you know, I don't, that's what I thought. Like, you already got the rat thing going through the film. You got the posters in the back and shit. Like. Yeah. I. See, I I agree with you. I just don't want to lose the Satan thing. Because the Satan thing is so weird. It's this weird cherry on top. If you. Then they even give themselves an excuse when they talk about the, D, the, the DNA structure. Of how it builds up with everything that it eats. So if the monster was more rat-like, like this rat-human hybrid thing, and less of the black alien thing that we got, and Durkin just goes, well, it probably fucking eats rats down here. So it's half rat, half fucking blonde. You know? I, I genuinely think it, it could have been a monster that it was, like, rememberable. Because right now this thing is just... It's the thing about the movie that you're like, eh, who fucking cares? Like, so. Well, I was going to say, uh, Bones, you were saying earlier, you, you know, they took a pile of index cards and threw them and see what stuck. But it does feel like even the ones that hit the ground, they picked up three fourths of those and were like, these are good too. <laughs> Let's put them in as well. Yep. It's like when you and your lady are like, all right. We're cleaning this weekend, right? And we're going to have a pile of keep, maybe, and throw away. And by the end of the day, she puts all the maybes back in the keep. You know, mm-hmm. like, wait, we were supposed to talk about these. Like, no, I don't want to get rid of these. So, yeah, you're absolutely right. But for some but for some reason, it should this should be an absolute failure, and it's not. It's, it's just absolutely crazy that I didn't know about this movie until this year. I've never heard. I've never heard anybody talk about fucking Rucker Hauer in in Split Second. Like, this would be a great midnight movie. Mm -hmm. So, 
Kron, where does this thing land on the board? Uh, split second would come in at number 13 on the list. It would be Ooh. right below Death Wish 3 and right above Strange Land. That's good company to keep. That, seem, that seems weirdly fitting, right? That it's kind of between those. Yeah. If, if you put Paul Kersey hunting Captain Howdy, that premise might be fucking split second. That might get picked up. Yeah. What are you telling me, you Satan? Are you a fish? Do you like ice cream? I want coffee. Uh, and then as far as our rate my letterbox points, it was, it was pretty contested going into this. Now you both tied today at two points. Yeah. So I would be at 13 bones is at 10. Dan is at 14. And if you haven't ever listened to the show, young viewer, we keep track of these points because these will allow us to pick our positions in our snake draft for our review show, which will be coming up shortly. Um, I don't know. Maybe split second is something that we uh, that we revisit during that. Guys, do you have any other final thoughts on split second before we... Uh, I don't know about you guys, but my apartment is fucking disgusting. I need a shower. So then when I come to the video store here, I get real gross, so... I got to get out of these wet socks. I got a bunch of hearts in my fridge that I was going to toss, so. Mm-hmm. All right. Have we ever talked about, like, that the premise of this should be that we're still in the video store talking? Like, we don't ever, we never really decided on where this portion of the podcast takes place, right? Do we care? At this point, do we care? No. Nah. Like, okay. We've already did after showers. Okay. So. Does that mean the video store has a shower in it that we all... That's in, in my mind, that's always what it was. It was like, <laughs> let's hit the showers. Like, we worked our shift. <laughs> this podcast has been us talking through the shift. And then we sort of take showers together. Twirling up some towels and mm-hmm. spanking each other's asses. Then there, it's it's a slumber, slumber party massacre style shower. So it's individual stalls. It's not a Savage Streets like... You okay. know the the tubes that I don't have out. to fight our other employees naked. Mm-mm. No, it's They're the tubes. Sweet. You want the tubes, listener? Don't believe what Bones is saying right I've, now. It's I've the had tubes. the tubes in the stall. You got to have the stall because the tube keeps you from really getting in wiping the butt. <laughs> the stall, you can kind of like, oh, I'm rubbing my knee here, but you're really up there just washing that ass. It's just me and Dan. You don't have to be modest. Get in there. Well, no. I, well, there's premium memberships to the store, so <laughs> customers are allowed to shop. That free popcorn. Well, I, I, I mean, if you just fucking took the Sibian to your side piece for an hour and a half, you'd want to shower too. So it's a service we provide here at Five Day Rentals. All right. Well, let's get out of here. Let's take a shower. Cron, uh, Dan. Love talking to you guys. Oh, same here. It's it's approaching that fall crisp season, you know, and it's important to keep warm. You know what keeps me warm? What's that? The shower. Fucking water is fucking hot. Yeah, so, all right. Let's get the fuck out of here, guys. Crash and burn. 
cash and guts. Buddies forever. everybody to the uh after showers here we, same guys like nothing's changed so uh, <laughs> dan cron bones we're just cleaner yeah well we took some showers well not cleaner just wetter the water's fucking filthy we're just wet bones was really getting personal in that in that shower there. I'm trying to get in you guys' heads, man. I'm trying to catch you and raid my letterbox, dude. Wasn't holding trying back. To play, <laughs> trying to play the mental game. It's my mind, not my other parts. Mm-hmm. My collar was real tight all day, you know? That just, it puts blood down there. You know what I mean? It's just a response. Anyway, heavy dick aside, please continue, Dan. Yeah, welcome back, um... I'm going to announce our third and final pick for our category from Mr. Cron there called Mental Issues. And uh, I will admit that I have been having some trouble with this pick. The one that I was initially uh, very attracted to was only available on certain platforms and not available to rent. So I'm going to keep that in a box for maybe later on if this podcast continues. And uh, we never know Kron, from week to week if it will or not. Never. Mm-hmm. I, you know, you never know what's going to happen. Um, when this category came up, I really thought about, okay, now it's time to get into some very trippy, very, um, uh, wackadoo shit and then i started doing a lot of research on some of those movies and i was like "Ooh, that's not very five-day rentals and then i came across a film that starts with just a honk of a horn gentlemen and it also features an oscar-winning actor oh and his name is Mr. Russell Crowe. Oh, my God. Uh, yes. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Okay. And it is directed by Mr. Derek Borty. Get those horns a honking, gentlemen, because we're covering from 2020 unhinged. Oh, I'm fucking stoked. Well, I was wondering. I was like, I don't know if Bones, he might have seen this already. Uh I get to I get to cross this off the movie bank. <laughs> I thought this might be a little too recent, so I was holding back. 
I came All across, right. I was like, I think this one will be pretty fun. I mean, we're still dealing with mental issues, but, you know, mm-hmm. uh, a little more. <clears throat> where is this available? This is available to stream on Amazon Prime. So this was go. this was a uh, uh, got hit by with COVID or by COVID, right? Like yeah, meant to it, sort of like right at the start, I think. It was one of I the first it, to go like quickly to streaming or something. I think they released it, and I thought they maybe thought that maybe people would go back and check it out in the theater. I thought it got a theatrical release, but. But yeah, I came across that one and I was like, you know what? I was like, I think this will work. Road rage. I mean, everybody's got that. So every goddamn day. Every mm-hmm. day. You know I love me some crow. Mm. That's why I was like, I don't know. I was like, I know Kron probably hasn't seen this, but Nope. And from what I read, it's pretty pretty wild, so <laughs> I was like, I think that's right up Five Day Rental Alley. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Oscar-winning uh, actor there, Russell Crowe. <laughs> Kron, you ever seen this? No, I, I honestly I didn't even know this movie existed. So <laughs> even better. I don't keep up with Russell Crowe at all. So I've not seen this either. So. I will say I'm excited though for it. Mm-hmm. I knew I knew it as soon as you said a honk. I was like, shit, that's right, that's right. Cause I'm pretty sure in the trailer he starts to explain to her like what the difference is in the honks. Yeah, all right. Shit, yeah. So th- that is what we shall be covering for our third and final pick for mental issues. And then available. Uh, Then we got a a review show, a rewind. Heated. I think this is going to be a heated review show. (laughs) I don't. I know one move that I want to make, but I will say I'm going to have to do some looking. You're going to be in that tricky spot of what position do you pick? Because uh, there's a lot of pressure. You think that one spot's ideal, and then you might regret it. So, I mean, I don't know. I don't. I can tell you what's number one, and I can tell you what's last. That's that's all I. And I know that split second is number (laughs) thirteen. That's about it. All right. It's the moment for me, gentlemen. How I feel in my heart of hearts. Kron, what's up with you, man? Just uh, <laughs> looking at the list, thinking about what I want to do. Okay. I feel like have a... feel like I'm like Dan. I I think I have one in mind. Not sure where the other thing's gonna land. Dan, do you think you know what Kron's gonna do? Um. I don't know, because the last re- uh, Rewind show, Kron, I think, took two of my titles and added added 0.5 to them. So. Do you think you know what I'm going to do, Bones? 
kinda, or at least I have a gut reaction to what I think you'll do. But then again, like Dan was saying, are you talking about? I'll say this: me moving a movie down. No. Okay. Um, I will say that in the review shows, you guys do surprise me. If it's earned, it's earned. Yeah. Sometimes I'm like, huh, okay, okay. It's it's funny how bottom half you guys seem to be concerned, I think. That's the shocker. Which, again, I say this every episode. That's one of my picks where I'm like, oh, I thought this for sure was going to be a top ten. I'm moving up. Like, Maximum I, overdrive twice. <laughs> I, I scream at my wife. I'm back in the top five, baby. You know, it's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. This makes. Yeah. Nobody makes it this far. Nobody gives a fuck. Tonight I was like, oh shit. Five Day Reynolds got 101 followers on Letterboxd. She didn't even say anything. That's good. Take the trash out. As soon as that money starts rolling, though, she'll be like, Have you heard my husband's podcast? All right. We're never getting money for this. Karan, it's coming. This, this will forever cost make, us money. Yeah. It's going to be It's gonna be like five bucks. But this but is a hobby. It's fun. Yeah. It's a good time. There's... See it. There's literally three guys who are mirror images of us doing this exact same thing. But we're doing it better. Nah, I don't know. We'll see. We started too late. We should have been doing this 10 years ago. Yeah, probably. Or is now the perfect time. You never know. We just need Folks, to- speaking of that, <laughs> rate us on uh, Letterboxd. Follow us on Spotify. Uh, give us a five-star on Apple. Please come on, help us out. Email us five day rentals podcast at gmail.com. Yeah, I love you. If you're not like Jared from Subway, you'll do all that stuff. Yeah, it's a Jared move to just ignore. Well, free well hopefully, art. our listeners aren't in jail. Hey, I mean, you if, know you, what? if you are, that's cool. You I know mean, what? I'll, yeah, who knows? Probably some Maybe of those. You lo- New Jersey listeners at least have mm-hmm. been in before. We love you, New Jersey. Maybe you, you got that. caught with a little bit of green. You know what? Maybe somebody honked at you. Who knows? Yeah, maybe you were doing meth for the caloric benefits. Maybe the maybe the cop said you were doing 80 and a 60, and you have no idea how that was possible, but you didn't want to get shot, so you just smiled and nodded. You know, you never told us the subtotal for that ticket. The subtotal for that? Yeah. Um, the number, the, the cost of that ticket. Give me an object that I would buy I, that would cost that much. Uh, there is a Samuel L. Jackson movie, which is titled the same as the ticket. 187 cost. on oh, a motherfucking cop. Oh, baby. 
$187. And that does not, that does not include like the $17.99 processing fee in order to pay online. So (laughs) if for a fucking second, you don't think that fines and processing fees and all that shit are simply another way to keep the poor, poor, you can go fuck yourself. All right. So dirty bastards who the fuck carries checks anymore who the fuck is taking time to fill out uh the little box to put who wants to put their fucking credit card number on a piece of paper and put it in a mailbox <laughs> right voters man right get the fuck out of here get the fuck out of here How but does- again but again i'm not some dumb white bitch texting and swerving fucking constantly and doing 65 and then doing 45 and then doing 65 and 45 because I got to TikTok my fucking pussy while I'm driving, okay? But I'm doing 80 with two hands on the wheel, concentrating, driving better than any motherfucker out there. Give me a ticket. While drinking your Starbucks. Yeah. Well, it is pumpkin spice season, right? What is this shit... TikToking my pussy. <laughs> we gotta go. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, uh, Split Second, 1992. Coming up next is Unhinged with Russell Crowe. Another uh, movie you didn't hear of. <laughs> nope. Another movie that we're gonna fucking cover. Yeah, why can't we gain listeners? <laughs> <laughs> Recovering unhinged in split second. Uh, crash and burn, y'all. Buddies forever. Crash and burn. <laughs>